welcome to Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, where I, your host Jeremy, explores the possible repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Come and let's enjoy some tunes. To do some quick housekeeping stuff, I suppose. Um, you may have noticed last episode that I changed out the intro music. So finally have uh, new intro music for the season. The tune is Jackson's Roly Poly, and uh, definitely going to revisit that tune and discuss it because there's some really interesting history with the different versions of that tune. Um, the version I'm playing comes from O'Farrell's uh, Pocket Companion. Uh, lovely tune. You'll also hear the harp, uh, and if you follow me on social media, you've seen that I have tuned up sort of kind of my wife's childhood harp and have started poking around on it um so yeah there's so you can hear some harp in the background of jackson's roly poly our new intro music the other thing that's kind of new and happening is i've got merch now uh if you want to kind of buy a t-shirt that uh, labels you as a specifically very niche uh bagpipe fan uh i got you covered um my favorite real absurd one is uh, the, the shirt that is uh, just a bunch of people's name, a uh, bunch of people's names, but the uh, what one letter in each of the names is like slightly altered and they spell way too twog. <laughs> it's real, like you can't tell what's going on. Um, but there's other, I'm, there's some pretty good shirts in there, like uh, I'd rather be playing Peabrock or be cool, play bagpipes. Um, and some mugs and that sort of thing. I kind of go through a... I pretty regularly go through stints of uh, procrastinating with designing t-shirts and stuff. So you can check that out. Go into bagpipeswag.com and then just either... I think it's bagpipeswag.com slash twag or just bagpipeswag.com. You can look at all the t-shirts on there and you'll see I have a drop-down menu there. It is, of course, run by my buddy James over at the Joining On podcast. Um, but he's got some very very cool shirt designs in there of like the Sasquatch Piper, which I've been a fan of for a while. Um, but yeah, so check out bagpipeswag.com. Uh, the new intro tune is Jackson's Roly Poly. And I suppose that's it. Let's get on with the show. Hello. So this episode, as you can see from the title, is a discussion of a couple tunes uh, from William Lytton's manuscript. And it's also a reading of the introduction to the published version of William Lytton's manuscript. So I've talked about the Lytton manuscript several times on the podcast. I had a dedicated episode to it back in season five, episode 20. Uh, First started playing it, uh, I guess, season five, episode 17. So you you couldn't go check those out. Um, The collection of tunes was... You know, it is in the uh, possession of the Martha's Vineyard Library now, uh, kind of Martha's Vineyard Museum and Library. And, uh, yeah, it's been kind of neat. They've been, I've been chatting with them a little bit to try to see more of the book and uh, finally finally have it. And it's cool looking. So, uh, anyway, it's kind of motivated me to, to get back in this. Um, so, William Lytton was a shipboard fiddler uh, in the East India Company or the British India Fleet uh, from 1800 to 1802 probably and uh, this collection of tunes are just you know I love it when a musician writes down the tunes he plays and then or they play and then don't 
that doesn't necessarily get published, but it's just like their their fake book, right? Like their collection of tunes. To me, those collections always seem to be the most interesting uh, and kind of filled with the most good tunes. Like it isn't uh, filled with fluff to publish and make money. It's like, oh, these are the things I actually play, uh, perform. And there's a couple tunes in it. There's a lot of like familiar tunes. And there's a couple uh, tunes in there that are were new to me or they didn't they like they kind of jumped out at me from listening to Lytton. So going to read through the introduction um, that I think was uh, written by Gail Huntington, who kind of did the transcription. And one of the reasons why the Lytton manuscript is so accessible now is ABC notation. Um, but he published a booklet in 1977. So it's been out of print for a long time. I got a copy of it on interlibrary loan and read through the intro and I would share it with y'all. Um, the main tune that is sort of going to be the thrust of this episode is uh, Kiss My Wife and Welcome, which is a tune that has a lot of kind of concordances and other versions of it. So we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. But um, yeah, I guess let's just go right into that. Um, we'll go right into the reading of the introduction. This reading comes from William Lytton's Fiddle Tunes, 1800-1802, transcribed by Gil Huntington, published 1977, Vineyard Haven, Massachusetts. Introduction. This collection of fiddle tunes was made by William Lytton at sea on a vessel, or on two different vessels of the British India fleet in the years 1800, 1801, and 1802. Everything that we know about the man is from disjointed material on the inside, front, and back covers of the manuscript book, and from scraps of information on the pages of the book itself and from the music. The notes and the text are difficult to decipher because Lytton's handwriting and spelling are both very bad, and in places the paper has bled. On the other hand, the tunes themselves were transcribed without too much difficulty, for Lytton was a good musician. The manuscript is in the library of the Dukes County Historical Society in Edgartown, Massachusetts, on the island of Martha's Vineyard. Here are some of the facts that we can gather from the scattered notes. The British India fleet sailed from England May 27, 1800, and arrived in China February 10, 1801. The fleet consisted of 16 war vessels. The names of the vessels and six of the captains of them are listed on the inside back cover of the book. Not all are legible, but there are nine of the ships and six of the captains. Lytton's spelling, Neptune, Bombay Castle, Dorsetshire, Lady Jane Dundas, Bengal, Royal Bark, Gorgon, Royal Admiral, City of London, and Captain Spence, Hamilton, Morton, Torrington, Ramsey, and Bisset. We cannot be sure which ship Lytton was on on the voyage out, but on the return voyage he was evidently on HMS Gorgon, for he mentions a stop of the vessel at St. Helena on June 3, 1802. Lytton's duty was that of a ship's musician, at that time, there was no chantying on British war vessels, for chantying was considered much too undignified for His Majesty's service. Instead of a chantyman, all war vessels of any size carried an official fiddle player, whose music helped to lighten some of the heavier work. A little after Lytton's time, the cornet began to compete with the fiddle. But just as in merchant vessels, where the chantyman had to go aloft to make it sail a reef with the rest of the crew, stand his trick at the wheel, and stand watch, so Lytton seems to have had other duties in addition to that of musician. Once he speaks of himself as William Lytton, waterman. Again, in a note that is not entirely clear, he says, buried twelve men, drowned two ditto, total fourteen. 
that was probably on the voyage from England to China, and makes one think that perhaps Lytton had some other duties of a surgeon's mate. In contrast to Lytton's terrible spelling and handwriting, his musical notation is good. There aren't mistakes in it, but almost all of them seem to be errors of haste or carelessness. A few such very obvious mistakes I have corrected, as where Lytton has only one sharp in his key signature for a tune in D major. With one exception, I have not put in accidentals where Lytton left them out, for I cannot be sure that that was carelessness or whether he actually played the tune that way. That one exception is the Woodford ship, where Lytton has an F sharp and a B flat in his key signature. I just could not make sense of some of his setting and did make some changes. Perhaps not enough. A few other difficulties I have encountered will be found in the notes and references. Thus, as nearly as possible, I have tried to leave the tunes exactly as Lytton recorded them. However, in a few instances, I have put a tune in 4-4 time, where Lytton had it in split time, because it seemed better that way. I have also put a few in 2-4 time. But neither of those two really changes anything. I did hesitate a long time before leaving the accidentals out of collage hornpipe. But so Lytton had it, and so he may have played it, and so I have left it. Some of Lytton's incidental notes in the pages of the manuscript are interesting, if not very helpful or instructive in getting a better picture of the man and his duties. Above kissing and flirting, he says, quote, This was wrote by my own blood. Cut my thumb with a pan knife blood. Blood of Lytton. His blood seems to have been made pretty good for ink, for the appearance of that tune is indistinguishable from the rest of his music. And in another place, Lytton gives us a laundry list, but it is not clear if it is his own laundry or whether he was doing it for an officer. And there is a very unclear list of ingredients for some sort of drink, but mostly Lytton stuck to his music. A few of the tunes in the book are by someone other than Lytton, one whose spelling and handwriting are better, but whose music is not. His name may have been Matthew Torbett, for that name is under one of the tunes. Also, there are a few tunes and tune fragments in pencil, but in which the notes are not given a value, making it impossible to reconstruct them. The manuscript was brought home to the vineyard by Alan Coffin of Edgartown. His name appears on the inside cover of the book. Alan Coffin must surely have been younger than Lytton, but they may have been shipmates, if not on the voyage, perhaps on a later one. Coffin was born in 1788, many boys to go to sea at 12 or 13 in those days, and many Americans were serving in the British Navy, usually because they had been pressed in the service. James Coffin, Alan's father, had been a seaman and a shipmaster. But by 1800, he had retired from the sea and was an Edgartown merchant and a man of real wealth for the period. He had a fleet of small merchant vessels that sailed to all parts of the world. Such men as James Coffin often did send their sons to sea at an early age to learn the business. We cannot be sure that Alan Coffin played the fiddle, but he probably did, or why would he want Lytton's book? Also, there were a great many more fiddle players 175 years ago than there are today. We do know that Alan's family was a musical one. Two of his daughters played the violin and played it well. It could be just that fact that accounts for the book's survival. Alan Coffin is mentioned several times in Jeremiah Pease's diary for the early years of the 19th century. Jeremiah was a singer, and he and Alan were friends. They used to go fishing and eeling through the ice together. Perhaps they made music together, too. But about William Lytton, we do not know even whether he was English, Scottish, Irish, or American. There are some very good Irish tunes in the book, and some quality good Scottish and English ones. However, Lytton did not seem to care too much for the typically Scottish dotted 8th and 16th note combination. In fact, some of his Scottish tunes play like Irish versions of them. There are even some almost American tunes in the book, 
That, quote, almost, is because American fiddle tunes were rare in those days, and even some tunes that we think of as American had their origin in the British Isles. So, here is the fiddle tune repertory, or probably just part of the repertory, of a long-ago seafaring fiddle player, and we can be thankful that Alan Coffin brought the book home with him. I should also mention, I did a bonus episode, again, on the Patreon feed. I think it's bonus episode four. Um, but one of my plans with Lytton, I love these tunes so much that I, I kind of intend to release an album of Lytton tunes. They are great, like, road trip tunes to me, because, you know, they're capable of entertaining a bunch of sailors uh, sailing to China. So, uh, like, there's some solid tunes in here. So it seems like the perfect summer road trip album. Um, but anyway, I released it back in August 20th. It's bonus episode four. If you're on the Patreon, you can kind of look in the back stuff to find it because there's just a lot of good tunes in there uh we're not going to restrict ourselves only to litten um but that's going to be sort of the starting point for these tunes and and yeah this is a little chaotic this episode has been in the works for uh months <laughs> and uh, kind of every time i think i'm done i find something else that i want to do and i've sort of lost the thread of where all these things were going to be. So, uh, like I said, the, the main thrust of this episode was Kiss My Wife and Welcome. So, I suppose, let us start with Lytton Manuscript Setting for Kiss My Wife and Welcome. lovely tune. Um, it seems like the oldest setting uh, maybe comes from James Aird, volume three, back in the 1780s. Um, in Aird's collection, though, he calls it the Irish Pelt, rather than Kiss My Wife and Welcome. Some of the other names we're going to talk about today, if this tune is already sounding familiar to you, the ones that are closest related to it, I think, are Humors of Ballon Amalt um, and Jackson's Sport. And then the creel of turf, or the basket of turf, um, it's sort of kind of, it's pretty darn similar. A little bit different, but pretty similar. Uh, maybe even bundle and go. So it's, but anyway, let's let's do chronological, sort of kind of sticking pretty close to the ones that I feel most comfortable with. So there's Irish Pelt from James Aird, slight differences from Lytton's setting. Um, this is published probably about 20 years or so before uh, Lytton wrote his version down.
All right, and next we're going to listen to a setting from John McPherson, Mulholland, uh, around 1804 is when this comes out. And this is when we start to see uh, some real differences between the settings. Uh, Mulholland has a three-part version. Uh, eventually we're going to get to four-part versions. But anyway, here is Kiss My Wife and Welcome. Uh, Kiss My Wife and Welcome, rather. This comes from a selection of Irish and Scots tunes consisting of airs, marches, dress bays, country dances, etc. Published in Edinburgh in 1804. <laughs> And uh, at the risk of being very repetitive, this is going to be a pretty repetitive episode, but uh, I noticed that yeah, maybe more than some of the other settings, John McPherson, Mulholland setting works pretty well on Highland Pipes, and it's a good tune for kind of showing off high Bs and high Cs. So uh, here it is again, uh, just as uh, Mulholland setting, but on Highland Pipes. The next one uh, got a new tune title. Uh, this is from O'Farrell. Um, uh, this one is another three-parter. Yeah, another three-parter. I think I think Mulholland's might be my favorite. Anyway, this is Humor of Malt. This is definitely um, 
this is a little bit different. Like, it's still the same, it's still very recognizable, but, like, I've played this tune for ages, and um, Kiss My Wife and Welcome hit a little bit different, and I think uh, Humor of Malt is also uh, one of the many tunes that Jerry O'Sullivan plays in his uh, O'Sullivan Meets O'Farrell albums. Um, anyway, still a solid tune, but uh, it didn't quite, it didn't, affect me the same way kiss my wife and welcome is the reason this this episode sort of ever happened is that kind of out of nowhere i was playing kiss my wife and welcome and i couldn't remember what it was from and so i i posted about it like on tiktok or something saying hey anybody recognize what this tune is and nobody did um until i figured it out from listening back to some lit and stuff um and then and then it was like oh yeah i should explore this tune a little bit further um Anyway, so here is the humor bound malt from O'Farrell's Pocket Companions around Yeah, you can really hear the difference without starting with that uh, just starting with the really stands out as differently. So probably the most challenging and rewarding, if I can ever pull it off, setting of this tune comes from John Murphy. So we looked at John Murphy's manuscript, or uh, not manuscript, but book last week a bit, or last episode, um, and predictably Murphy includes this tune but has a completely different name that nobody else uses, and that is Mrs. Dungannon's Jig. Murphy also has it as a four-part jig rather than a three or a two-part, and... Yeah, I tried many times to get this right on pipes, couldn't pull it off, and I'm not actually sure that I pulled it off on whistle, but it is definitely one of the more like interesting, cool settings for this, but it was uh, it defeated me a little bit, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say. Uh, anyway, so here is John Murphy's Mrs. Dungannon's Jig.
Yeah, like I said, I think uh, I think Murphy might have the most interesting setting, but it's definitely the most challenging for me. So, really, would love to hear some other Irish pipers uh, take a crack at that tune because it is awesome, but uh, takes some takes some skill. Anyway, let's get back to more conventional titles. So this is uh, Humors of Ballad of Malt. We're going to jump way into the future now. This is uh, from the 1860s. So, you know, is it even an Irish tune if Goodman didn't collect it? Probably not. So here's Goodman sitting for the Humors of Ballad of Malt. Just for the record, since I was pretty adamant on adding in those little like embellishments at the beginning, that isn't in Goodman. I was clearly uh, getting maybe bored or experimental with this tune. I think it works pretty well, but it's not in there. Uh, and then let's do another more recent one. This is um, where we get the Jackson title for the tune, and that's Jackson's Sport. And that comes from Stephen Greer's manuscript uh, in the 1880s. So there's other, you know, titles associated with this tune. Free and Easy shows up on a traditional tune archive. Couldn't find a, setter, a setting for Free and Easy older than the 1880s. Um, so I'm not going to bother with it. Uh, as soon as I, like, sat down a couple weeks ago and I was like, I am done. I am ready with this episode. And remember, this all had started because I had posted. Uh, I had, like, edit, the song had entered into my head. I played it. Couldn't remember what it was. Posted it. Sent it around to people saying, hey, what's this tune? Nobody gave me an answer until I found Kiss My Wife and Welcome. And then I had the whole episode recorded. And then Sean Reedy uh, commented on the TikTok or something saying, I think that's the Creel of Turf. And I was like, no, what's that? And then sure enough, the Creel of Turf is another one of these tunes. It's not linked to Kiss My Wife and Welcome, um, I don't think, on traditional tune archive. But it is clearly heavily influenced uh and then once you open the creola turf or basket of turf you wind up with a bunch of tunes um like unfortunate rake lark's march um up sligo wandering harper wee wee man like there's a bunch of different settings for it bundle and go um so i don't know but it was sort of funny i i wound up 
kind of rescheduling, postponing this episode for a while because of Sean pointing out, I think that's Creel of Turf. And then at the very next session I went to, I heard it in the wild, uh, somebody playing it as uh, the Creel of Turf. So anyway, here's the recording of me kind of whipping out my phone, being like, oh my God, here it is. It's the Creel of Turf um, from our local session here in Iowa City. So I'll play that again uh, so you can hear it. But uh, yeah, so thanks to the local Iowa City session crowd for kind of, I asked if they were cool with this and they said yes. Um, I guess I'll credit that setting with Tara uh, McGovern who kind of started the tune and afterwards I cut out the part where I kind of belligerently said, what did you call that? Uh, sounded very accusatory, uh, but, uh, but anyway, she didn't remember, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Basket of Turf, and after looking at Francis O'Neill's setting for it from 1907, it's it's pretty darn close. Um, yeah, all the... It, I'm kind of... I'm jealous the uh, St. Louis Channel is happening as I'm recording this episode, and Tara and a bunch of the, the crowd from the Iowa City sessions are down there, and I'm just, just missing them, but... Um, yeah, didn't finish a chapter in time to go down there. So anyway, here is uh, Francis O'Neill setting for Basket of Turf, and I think you'll hear hear the similarities. definitely uh pretty recognizable there's one more setting uh that i want to play i'm not sure if i wound up talking about this on the podcast or not uh i definitely talked with some people about it um but uh this is the unfortunate rake uh published around 1840 or so from smollett holden and smollett holden is the i'm not i'm not sure like i said don't remember if i mentioned him or not uh last time because he wound up kind of reprinting jackson stuff so seemingly like note for note he had the, you know, he reprinted uh, Walker Jackson's Celebrated Irish Tunes as part of his collections of uh, favorite Irish airs. Um, but he had two volumes of those. They're pretty darn good. I've been meaning to, like, I'm planning to do a future episode, kind of play through a bunch of the tunes and talk about them. But anyway, The Unfortunate Rake is in there, which is very similar to Basket of Turf, um, but different. It's different. Uh, the weird thing about Holitz, um, or Smollett's, Smollett Holden's, Holden, there we go, Holden setting, is that it doesn't have any repeats. Um, I wound up putting repeats in it anyway. Holden does use repeats in some of his music, but he's pretty sparing with them. Um, lots of tunes that I'm kind of used to seeing with repeats don't have repeats in his printing, and then some do, so I'm not quite sure why he would do that. Um, anyway, I, it just didn't feel right without 
repeats, so I repeated it. So anyway, here is the unfortunate rake. So that, I think, is it in terms of the tunes I'm going to play that are actually related to um, the Basket and Turf, Creole Turf, um, you know, Kiss My Wife and Welcome, Humor's a Bow and a Malt. There are lots more tunes. Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100% convinced. Some of the, I, I think there's like an accident that gets kind of duplicated in traditional tune archive, uh, archive where somebody looked at the wrong setting and then said, oh, well, this is something related. And I made the same mistake because I followed the thread of uh, traditional tune archive without really listening to the differences. So we're going to play through some different, some other stuff too. Um, but, but yeah, I think this, I think that kind of wraps it up for the tunes I'm going to play that actually sound like Kiss My Wife and Welcome, which is just an absolutely lovely tune. Um, so the next thread kind of started. If you look at the traditional tune archive entry for um, Basket of Turf, it lists the Bundle and Go, the Disconsolate Buck, the Unfortunate Rake, Wandering Harper, the Wee Wee Man. And the Wee Wee Man and the Bundle and Go are sort of where this problem begins, I think. So Bundle and Go, you'll remember, was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And the version I played of Bundle and Go came from uh, Donald McDonald's... Uh, collection of bagpipe tunes from 1828 or so. And uh, there's another version of Bundle and Go, which comes not from Donald McDonald, but comes from um, comes from Ryan's Mammoth Collection and some other places. But it's it very much sounds like The Unfortunate Rake. But uh, it's like the wrong Bundle and Go gets linked in to, um, to traditional tune archives sometimes. And then kind of following on that thread, the Wee Wee Man is a John Rook tune, which very much, I mean, to me, I can't hear any similarities between um, The Unfortunate Rake or uh, Kiss My Wife and Welcome and the John Rook tune. But I worked my tail off trying to record the John Rook tune before realizing that. So we're going to, we're going to go down that rabbit hole anyway. Um, so bundle and go, you can go back and listen to the Valentine's day episode to hear my, uh, playing of Donald McDonald setting. It's an, it's an interesting tune in its own right too, that has lots of kind of older settings for it, including one from O'Farrell. So O'Farrell has, um, bundle and go in as, uh, the black dog or the black rogue rather. Sorry. Um, and it's it's pretty good. So here I'll I'll play you O'Farrell's setting for the Black Rogue. It's sort of fun. The uh, I, mean, I don't know if it's fun, but the the way that he spells the Irish of it. So it, it is interesting. You know I like this tune. It's shows up in the borders and in Scotland. Uh, O'Farrell has it listed as Irish, and the name he gives for it is Regara Duff. Is how he spells it. I'm not quite sure how the different like. Gaelic. I'm not sure how Irish, how different Irish is from Gaelic in terms of black being dew, which, you know, of course, every Highland Piper knows that dew is black because of our, the stupid little sock knife thing. Um, but yeah, Regara Duff, or Regara Dew, I'm not quite sure how he's um, pronouncing that. But anyway, here it is. This is O'Farrell's setting from uh, 1808 or so.
And I'll just paste in again here that Donald McDonald bundle and go setting from 1828 that we had back on the Valentine's Day episode so you can hear it. having those small pipes around uh all right and then this is the wee wee man from the john rook manuscript around 1840 um yeah so this is <laughs> kind of stressed out with the the reed setup here really between a good setup of highland pipes right now anyway here is the wee wee man from the rook manuscript i wanted to play it because it goes up into the high b although i don't think i successfully pulled it off with the very hard reed setup i have going right now So I think we're just going to kind of poke around with some other tunes that uh, I enjoyed from the Lytton Manuscript, uh, maybe a couple explorations of things, um, but there isn't any more like massively deep dives here. Uh, we're going to start with a tune called Hey My Nancy. So, you know, Kiss My Wife and Welcome, I first saw it really on the ABC notation, which I'll link to, you can look at. Um, and on the same page as Kiss My Wife and Welcome is the tune Hey My Nancy. Um, hey My Nancy also shows up, it, to me it really sounds like a tune that I have heard in William Dixon. Uh, I couldn't really find it in William Dixon in my head. It was Golden Locks, but after playing it, it's it's not really the same. Uh, but it does show up in Aird's collection as Hey My Nanny rather than Hey My Nancy. And remember, Aird kind of will occasionally include like little biograph or little information about where he thinks the tune comes from. And so Aird attributes Hey My Nanny to Ireland. He says it's Irish anyway. So here's Aird setting, and then we'll do Lytton, and then we'll play that Dixon tune too anyway. So anyway, here's Hey My Nanny from James Aird. <laughs> 
All right, so it was Hey My Nanny from around 1780 or so, and this one is Hey My Nancy from William Lytton's manuscript around 1800. Like I said, uh, this is decidedly not Golden Locks from William Dixon, but again, I recorded it, so you're going to hear it. Uh, I've been playing through Golden Locks quite a bit lately. Um, I was I was thinking about using it as a competition tune for the LBPS competition, uh, I guess happening this weekend? Soon, anyway? Uh, I didn't wind up using it, I wound up using a little wee winking thing, but... Uh, Anyway, it was sort of it's sort of rough. I like playing both those tunes kind of slow and doing some stuff that uh, having a teeny tiny little D small pipe channer uh, didn't really lend itself towards. But anyway, here is Golden Locks from William Dixon. I don't think it's any relation to Hey My Nancy at all, but it does. Hey My Nancy just sounds like it's a tune that you'd see in Dixon someplace, but I couldn't quite find it. Uh, anyway, here's Golden Locks from 1733, William Dixon.
All right, speaking of tunes that sound familiar from William Lytton's manuscript, um, this is a tune that doesn't have a title in the manuscript, but it sounds like the first part of a tune I already know. Uh, so in the ABC notation, this is just called No Title Number 2. What is it? Do you recognize it? Kind of keeping along the same uh, trend of uh, tunes that don't have any other concordances or that sound kind of familiar. Uh, this is Patrick's Hill. And just to give you an idea of how long I have been sitting on most of the recordings, or some of the recordings I'm playing here anyway, the Lytton ones, uh, these are on border pipes from back when I was borrowing uh, John Charles's pipe still. So here's Patrick's Hill.
I recorded that so long ago, I forgot that I had turned it into a set. Kind of a kind of a nice one. Uh, so those were two Lytton tunes, Patrick's Hill, which doesn't have a ton of concordances uh, that I could find on traditional tune archive anyway. Uh, and then that follow-up was Speed the Plow, also from Lytton. While Patrick's Hill doesn't seem to have anything else going for it, Speed the Plow has quite a few other settings. So uh, I recorded a couple of them way back when. Uh, so let's just take a look at some of those two for fun. Uh, this one is from James Fisson, um, published in 1799. This is actually kind of cool. This is a, um, so this was published in New York. So this is published as part of like a, um, a music shop on Broadway. Um, anyway, here it is, uh, from 1799, Speed the Plow. forgot about that one man that's good uh all right now let's go back over to uh scotland now this one is an 1820 setting for speed the plow and it was published in anderson's budget of stress pays reels and country dances uh yeah like i said published in edinburgh uh, around 1820 This tune was popular enough that it actually warranted, uh, it, it, it got a Highland Pipe setting for it. So this is from 1848. This is Speed the Plow from William Gunn's Caledonian Repository of uh, Highland Pipe tunes. Anyway, good setting.
so we've had Linton, so this is a tune that made its way to China and back. We've got, uh, we've played uh, a version published in New York. We've got a version published in Edinburgh in 1820, another one published in Scotland in 1848. We're just missing Ireland, so here is Godspeed the Plough from the Stephen Greer manuscript around 1883 or so. So yeah, this tune uh, gets around and is pretty popular for a long time. So I guess I'll just finish out by uh, including a clip of a guy playing it, uh, a fellow by the name of Carlton Rawlings uh, playing it in Bath County, Kentucky in the 1970s. Uh, yeah, so some old-timey Kentucky fiddling version of this tune. tune i can see why it was so popular and kind of everywhere on a india bound or a china bound ship and new york and kentucky and ireland and scotland um yeah we've only really scratched the surface here even now this being like the third episode that's kind of dived into litton tunes a little bit uh i actually already have a bunch others recorded like i said there's a full album's worth of litton stuff recorded and posted over on the patreon feed if you want to check it out um I also have 
just a bunch of other kind of exploring uh, concordances recorded. Not a bunch, but I've got about another episode worth of exploring. One of the things I was hoping to look at, uh, but I just ran out of time really, is Off She Goes. Uh, Off She Goes is a tune that kind of the folklore around it is that, you know, this is the tune that sailors used to uh, kind of depart. You know, when you're departing, you play Off She Goes. Um, and I can't really find a source for that, but it is in Lytton's, you know, manuscript, which feels like it lends some credence. If he's a shipboard fiddler, you, he should know the tune. That is the traditional tune you play when you're, uh, when you're, you know, set in sail. Um, but yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't been able to track it down and there's a bunch of different versions of that I want to explore. So we've got another Lytton episode coming out, uh, at some point this year, I'm sure. Um, but since we've done so much digging into Speed the Plow, the only thing that really feels appropriate to finish on is the Plow Boy. Um, like I said, we've really just scratched the surface. There's a lot of opera music, kind of stage music in Lytton's manuscript that we haven't played yet. Um, the only one that I, I really have um, gone looking for the lyrics for is the Plowboy. It's the last tune in the ABC notation version of Lytton's manuscript. And uh, yeah, it's a lovely sounding tune. And I was like, oh boy, that really sounds like it used to be a song. And so went looking and sure enough, uh, this is The Plowboy from John O'Keefe's The Farmer, a comic opera in two acts is what it's called. Uh, it was a play that was popular put on, I think, in London and Dublin in the uh, 1780s, 1790s. The sheet music that I have for it, or the, the lyrics rather, come from um, the Library of Congress, uh, and it's a, it's a printing from 1792. So not quite sure timing of all that. Um, but yeah, so it's John O'Keefe wrote the lyrics and it says music by S.H.I.E.L.D., but I don't know who S.H.I.E.L.D. is, so I'll have to dig into that at some point uh, too, unless somebody already knows and wants to share me the cool details. So here is, to, to finish out our episode, uh, we'll go out on the Plowboy, uh, sung by myself. Uh, remember, if you want to support the podcast or listen to even more Litton tunes, you can go over to patreon.com slash waytotwag if you want to buy absurd uh, niche clothing and mugs and things to to support the show or just to wear cool bagpipe stuff head on over to bagpipeswag.com slash way to twog um yeah thanks everybody for listening and thanks for emailing in with um kind of comments and thoughts i haven't really done a going to the post section lately but um recently got some feedback from listeners and i just really appreciate it every time you take a minute out to send a message we're kind of a small <laughs> we are this is a niche podcast y'all um so it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear from folks. So anyway, here, without further ado, is The Plowboy. Flaxen-headed cowboy, as simple as may be, and next a merry plowboy, I whistle orderly. But now a saucy footman, I strut in worsted lace, and soon I'll be a butler, and wag me jolly face. When steward I'm promoted, I'll sniff a tradesman's bill. My master's coffers empty, me pockets for to fill. When lolling in my chariot, so great a man I'll be. You'll forget that little plowboy that whistled o'er the lee.
I'll buy votes at elections, but when I've made the path, I'll stand, pull for Parliament, and then vote in myself. Whatever's good for me, sir, I never will oppose. When all my eyes are sold off, why then I'll sell my nose. I'll joke, harangue, and paragraph with speeches charm the ear. And when I'm tired on my legs, then I'll sit down up here. In court or city honour, so great a man I'll be. You'll forget that little ploughboy that whistled o'er the lee. A flaxen-headed cowboy, as simple as may be. But now you're lord in parliament, how great I am for thee.